In a lot of people's lives, I feel like most people have a moment where they either learn to trust in God or that they can find Him or recover their own faith. Sometimes it's a traumatic event or it could be a blessing that occurred or really any situation that helps you learn to connect back to your Creator. Today we're going to be talking about some of these moments in our lives and how they've changed our faith and provided a stepping stone in our faith journey. Hi, I'm Grace Rubin and I like music, swimming, and swing dancing. Hi, I'm Amelia Odland, and I like hiking, drinking coffee, and watching Cody Ko's YouTube channel. Hi, I'm Benjamin Gusweiler. I like disc golfing, skateboarding, and my friends and family. Hi, I'm Annika Hillstrom. I like trying new coffee shops, playing tennis, thrifting, and hanging out with friends. And this is Story Modern America podcast number two. Today we're telling stories about surrendering to God. Yeah, some, all of our stories have this theme of surrendering to surrendering to God and how that through that we have really been able to grow in our faith and our walk but also through our stories we've been able to connect with the people that we've come in contact with and we've just helped been able to show the love and show the grace of God by surrendering our lives to him mm-hmm. so let's get started with grace and her story called that's so camp It was my senior year of high school, and I was so excited and so encapsulated with all that came with being an 18-year-old girl. I loved going to games, singing in choir, swimming, and all of the other clubs that I did. Nothing else was on my mind besides spending time with all of my friends before we left for college. The summer before senior year, I had gone to my last year of summer camp at Covenant Park Bible Camp, or CPBC as we like to say. After my week there, I had this idea that maybe I should apply to be on staff for the following summer, 2022. I absolutely loved camp, and a lot of my friendships had been built there, and my relationship with Christ had always grown stronger when I spent time there. I hadn't taken into account how much I was going to enjoy my senior year and how I would not want to leave my hometown until the very last minute. So by the time that applications came out, I had ruled out the idea of working there and ultimately decided not to. I wasn't where I wanted to be spiritually, and working at a Christian camp was just not really something I wanted to do at the time. I felt like I did not have the strength or courage to lead kids to the Lord. I had done work with children before, but I did not think that I would be good enough to be a camp counselor. This was up until the beginning of May 2022. I had a phone conversation on a Saturday night with one of my best friends who worked at the camp. We had not talked about camp in probably a couple of months. She knew how I was feeling on my walk with God and again mentioned that I should work at camp. I wanted to brush her off that night like I had before, but this time it felt a little bit different. And we spent about an hour talking about what that would look like for me. The next morning, I was sitting with my family in church. I was looking at the bulletin and in all caps and bolded letters, it said, female counselors needed, talking about my camp. I still remember that moment. Now, typically, female counselors are the first thing to fill up when it comes to CPBC, so it seemed crazy to me that there would still be a place for me if I wanted to apply. It felt like God was basically telling me straight up that I needed to be there. It was a tough decision, but that afternoon, I talked with my parents about it, and I applied. I didn't tell anyone else that I had done it until afterwards. I got the job, but there was work I needed to do. I spent the next whole month of May diving into scripture and restoring my relationship with Christ. I was specifically reading into Esther about trusting God and letting him work through you, and in Ephesians about how no matter what we are going through, it is faith that saves us, nothing else. 
I was also in communication with a previous mentor who had worked at camp before, and she helped me a lot spiritually. I ended up feeling fully equipped for the role when just a month earlier, I had been telling myself I couldn't do it. Working at camp ended up being the best decision of my life. God used my strength of working with kids to further his kingdom and spread the gospel to youth who may not have heard it otherwise. I met many lifelong friends and grew in my faith. I loved it so much that I went back another year. And although it was hard to leave my hometown early, God's plan proved to be the right one. All it took was a little bit of faith. Thank you so much, Grace. I really loved hearing about your story. That was a really powerful story, Grace. Um, How many years did you go to camp as a camper before you became a counselor? Yeah, so I started going to camp when I was going into fourth grade. I went probably six years. There were a couple years where I couldn't make it, but I went quite a few years before I decided to be on staff. It's really good. That's awesome. And did working at the camp inspire you to become a teacher in your current major in studies? Honestly, I had kind of decided I wanted to be a teacher before working at camp, but it was one of the experiences that really validated that decision Mm -hmm. and kind of showed me that I am equipped with the skills to be able to be a teacher. So that's been super cool. So what was the first day at camp like when you first got there and how did it really affect your faith? Well, I'll talk about my first day of staff training, my first year working there. Yeah, so that was really scary because a lot of the other staff members had worked there the previous year or had volunteered more than I had. And so it kind of felt like it was a little bit off. Um, But I remember talking to this one girl who was also going to be a counselor and we immediately hit it off. And I just started becoming really good friends with every single person on staff and I immediately felt welcomed and I felt like I belonged and I felt like I had a voice there and so it was just God really telling me like this is where you're supposed to be. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome well he next we have Emilia and her story called Youth Group and Back Again. In high school I was going to a different Two different churches, one on Sunday with my families and one on Wednesday night with my friends. I had done youth group in high school and really enjoyed it. But when I went to college, I wanted to start going to a new church and start my own faith journey. God had other plans. I decided to stay at the church I had done youth group at and started going on Sundays. I loved the welcoming community and was starting college. The familiarity was very comforting. I was looking for ways to get involved and then boom, started teaching Sunday school. I decided to do Sunday school because I had done it at my church growing up and I had done summer camps with the primary age level. So being able to teach elementary kids about God is super special. I absolutely loved Sunday schools, but I could feel God calling me in a different direction. I didn't want to join youth group, even though I knew that's where God was calling me. The youth leader at the time was not my favorite and I wanted to leave that high school life behind. I was told I couldn't do high schoolers because I had just graduate and that graduated and that was one of my biggest turnoffs. So as one does, I didn't want to listen to God and I decided to just keep doing Sunday school. But then I was told that the youth group was short on small group leaders, specifically high schoolers. I'm going to school to teach 5 through 12 education, but the thought of doing youth group was the last thing on my mind. I didn't feel like I was spiritually in the right spot to give advice or be there for those, these high schoolers. I kept trying not to listen to what God was telling me, which we know how that typically goes. 
I was torn on what to do, so the pastor of my church and I had a conversation on why I was feeling underqualified. He told me that the leaders they needed were exactly the age group I wanted to teach. I just didn't feel like I could do it, but I took a leap of faith and signed up. Right after I had gotten ready to start my first Wednesday night in the winter, the old youth leader left, and they were in the process of finding a new one. Things were chaotic, and everything was unclear and falling apart. God works through those hardships, and I was able to be with the high schoolers. The new leader knew my passion for 9th through 12th graders and was willing to let me lead them. With just a little bit of faith and a whole lot of Jesus, beautiful things can happen. I had one of the best school years with my youth group. We had a youth talent show towards the end of the school year, and it was so much fun watching all the kids just be silly and show off their talents with their friends. I also really enjoyed the relationships I formed with the other leaders. They provided me with so much wisdom and guidance, and I'm so thankful that I was able to be a part of the youth group. Not only was I able to come alongside those 9th and 10th graders and help them grow, but they were able to help me grow too. Great story. That was a super good story. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome, guys. So how did you feel when God was calling you in a different direction? Were you nervous or what you had to do? What were your thoughts going through? Yeah, I was like, oh, really? But at the end of the day, I knew that's where I was supposed to be. And I am so thankful that I am able to be a part of these kids' life and be a part of their faith journey, whether that be a big or small part. It's just been really, really special to be able to see them grow. What's one moment from being a youth group leader that like completely like changed your faith or like what's a highlight from that? Um, I think last year we talked a lot about prayer and how praying with your friends and praying like in little groups is something that's can be super moving and just to watch some of the kids like volunteer to pray at the end of our small group time has been something that's super super powerful and just really just been a blessing from God. Awesome. And then you mentioned that there was a talent show last year. <laughs> yeah. Did you perform or what was your favorite act that you I saw? I did perform. We all the leaders did a little mashup of a bunch of different songs so we did like Cotton Eye Joe and just a bunch of little different like line dancing dances. So fun. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. Here is Annika and her story, Mission Trip with a Leap of Faith. At 16 years old, I was slightly petrified to be traveling 2,000 miles away from home to a country I had never been to before with only one close friend, 25 strangers, and with no phone, all to serve God. As much as I was excited to embark on this adventure, I was equally as worried. Like, what in the world am I doing? What if I get stuck here? What if I get sick? But most of all, how is God going to move through the people of our mission trip group to serve those around us for the next 10 days? Shortly after arriving in NASA, we came to our destination, an unfinished building, crumbling bright blue paint, preppy white shutters with large hand-painted yellow letters reading Beacon Hill Church. This would be my home for the next week and where we, we would be helping to run a vacation Bible school. 
from the very first day I had a new little buddy. Her name was Christiana, and she looked about five years old and had the brightest smile I had ever seen. I helped her at first with making crafts, coloring, and from then on, she became my buddy for the rest of the week. As we carried on, the kids were finally breaking away from their shell and were truly enjoying their time with us. There were such incredible moments to be able to hear the kids be so raw and honest about their faith and for their love of God. The week flew by, and after more smiles, piggybacks, and soccer games, the dreaded bus pulled into the gravel pathway, and all of our hearts sank. This would be the last time we would probably ever see these kids again. We had all been dreading this moment, and the kids' energy completely dropped. We were saying our goodbyes, and out of the corner of my eye, I noticed a kid sitting on the side of the church, slumped over, face in her palms, wiping away tears. As I looked in closer, I saw that it was my buddy, Christiana. I slowly left my seat and went over to her. She was all frustrated, and when I asked her what was wrong, she expressed on the brink of tears that she was so upset because she didn't want to go home. She said that she wanted to stay at the church because she loves God so much. I was genuinely shocked by the pureness of her comment, but also so grateful for the opportunity to be able to share faith with her and um, the moment that God had like presented to share the gospel. Um, as we read Joshua 1.9 and Deuteronomy 31.8 together, her tears slowly began to stop and a smile came across her face. It was such a special moment seeing her enthusiasm and unwavering faith in God and her realization that God is always with her. And as reflecting upon this, it was the first time I really shared the gospel with someone else in such a direct way and was a turning point in my own faith journey and willingness to share God's word when open. Thank you so much for sharing, Annika. Yeah, of course. That was a powerful story, yeah. It's really good. So what is the Bahamas like? Like, what's it like traveling over there? I've never been, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, it was, flying in was beautiful. It was like turquoise waters. Um, we weren't staying in the, like, the nicest part at all, but we did have a free day where we went more towards um, the ocean, and it was, it was incredible. But yeah, very warm, but very kind people, so it's good. Yeah, so I'm curious, Annika, you mentioned that you went with 25 strangers. I'm just wondering, did you become closer throughout the trip at all? I did. A lot of the people went to like a neighboring school to me, but I had never met them. Wow. And so then after the mission trip, we would hang out for that whole like rest of the summer. So yeah, I grew a lot closer with those people. So that's awesome. That's so that's awesome. Um, how did this missions trip impact your faith afterwards? Like how do you still see it kind of being implemented in your life now? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say definitely my willingness to be more open and like share where I'm at in my own faith journey with others, but also like not to be afraid to like openly speak about God or the things that he's working or moving in my life with those around me. So yeah. Good. All right, next is Ben and his story, Crashing Into Faith. At the age of 14, I had many changes in my life. During this time, it was the year 2020. I felt out of place in my life and slightly hopeless as I hadn't seen my friends. And from watching the news, it seemed like the world was falling apart. New things would happen on the news every day. And day by day, more people would be afraid of what would happen to our world from this new COVID-19 virus. I remember seeing the statistics of people dying on the news. I also remember feeling slightly afraid when I saw the riots happening downtown. 
actually, I kind of felt more than slightly afraid. I was really afraid. I was just super nervous, and I didn't really know what to think. With this, I didn't feel like I was losing myself as a person. I also felt like I hadn't experienced what I wanted in my freshman year of high school at the time, and that I didn't know who I was yet. Throughout that year, I saw myself go through many different phases mentally. I had a very aggressive ups and downs. Some days I was the happiest I'd ever been, and other days I just wanted the day to end. A lot of this stemmed from my social life at the time. I was living a very introverted lifestyle, and I didn't feel like investing in others because I didn't have much faith in anything or anyone at the time. Along with this, I tried different things to distract myself from these highs and lows in my life. I fell into very various hobbies and changes in my lifestyle throughout this year. Lots of them are like changes in my life that I feel like God wouldn't approve of me doing. Like they just felt like just straight sins. Um, but the thing is, they were just masking what was deeper down. And honestly, I, looking back on it, I'm just not impressed with myself at the time at all. But it's just part of the story and how you grow in faith. Um, in that year, I kept straying farther and farther away from God because I didn't know what faith I had in the world at the time. I didn't know what was going to happen in my life or if I was even going to do what I dreamed of in my future. It was safe to say I was just losing hope. On December 24th, 2020, my brother and I decided that we needed to go run an errand to get a memory card for his computer, and it wouldn't work without it. With it being December 24th, the roads were really icy, and the only store that had this memory card was located in St. Louis Park. So in, 20, in negative 20 degrees, we drove about an hour to get to Micro Center. On the way back, something just didn't feel right about the drive. There was something off, almost like we knew that we shouldn't have been out there. We both knew that this how risk. We both knew that this was super risky, and it wasn't really worth going out an hour in some of the most terrible driving conditions that we've seen that year. It was almost like this event was supposed to happen. So we were driving back, and we we're getting closer to home. And my brother exits us off the 35W off ramp, and we can feel the ice under our car. In front of us is a garbage truck. This truck attempted to change lanes, and it just straight failed slipped sideways and came to a complete stop and it blocked both lanes of traffic. This was on a downhill slope and that truck had come to a stop at it. So with me in the front seat, my brother driving, we do what anyone else would do. and We tried to stop the car. He firmly hit the brakes. However, this doesn't work well with black ice and a hill under you. You could just hear the ABS in the car, the sound of the brakes just trying to stop. We couldn't stop correctly, and we ended up crashing into this garbage truck about 45 miles an hour. My brother was super injured, but nothing really happened to me. I was just shaken up. However, from now on, I've looked at this moment, and I feel like I've seen it as a change in my life and part of God's plan for me. At the time, it felt like a wake-up call for me. Not, severe, so not getting severely injured from that crash or not dying or anything like that felt like a miracle to me. After this moment, I started to look at my life differently. In a way, I should always have a positive outlook on the moments I'm given in my life. And I also should treat every day like it is my last. I also came back to God through this moment, and I felt like it was a nudge from him. Like he was trying to tell me that he is still loving me and looking out for me. I feel like that moment really developed me as a person and grew me into who I am today. I'll always be grateful for what I gained as a person from that moment.
Thanks so much for sharing, Ben. That's a powerful story. It's really good. No problem. So, Ben, I'm wondering, how did this experience influence how you are as a driver now? <laughs> um, honestly, at first, when I first started driving, because I was, I was 14 at the time, I was really afraid, and especially, like, in driver's ed, I was, like, super scared, and, like, I was like, oh, I got to be really cautious. But now I don't really even, like, think much of it. Like, I just drive. I drive. I'm, I'm kind of an aggressive driver, I guess. But, <laughs> but like, I, I just drive pretty normal. So I don't, I don't get, like, paranoid or anything. I'm just normal at this point. But for the first year of driving, it was just, like, I was, like, just, like, gripping the wheel. Yeah. Just, like, white-knuckling it. But I'm fine now. Um, how does it feel knowing that God was protecting you, um, not only in the crash, but kind of throughout your darker times? Um, it's amazing. I mean, looking at it now, I'm like, wow, he was with me the whole time. And I, I felt like I felt I'm almost, I'm not like ashamed of myself now because I know it's part of my journey. But looking back, I was like, that was really ignorant of me. Like just kind of like just ignoring him completely. But like, it's amazing to know that he always loves you. Even when you're in your darkest points and your lowest spots, he loves you always. Um, How has like your gratitude post-crash shaped your perspective on like your relationship with God or just perspective on life? Um, It's definitely grown me in my relationship with him. Like I know like I, I felt like almost like it was like a moment where it was like, Oh, you need to put your faith in me because, like, I'm like I'm telling you, like, things are dangerous. Like in the world, I almost felt like he was like reminding me that like things are dangerous, and you don't know what day is gonna be your last day. Like, you should definitely like, you should, you should take, you should like acknowledge me more. You know. So what have we all learned today? Honestly, I feel like I've just learned the importance of trusting God's plan for us. Um, I feel like we all get really nervous about what God's calling us to. We kind of get in our own heads about it, but God always provides and God's plan is always the best plan. Yeah, Grace, I would agree with that 100% that we just have to put our trust and our life in his hands and know that We'll be safe, we'll be protected, and he will guide us wherever we need to go. Yep, make that leap of faith. God's got our best interest, yep. so we yeah. got to trust him, you know? <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so we want to thank some people for helping us out on this Modern Story podcast at Bethel University in St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks to Professor Chris Sofrener and his teaching assistants for maintaining the podcast studio and giving us access to it. Thanks to writers such as Angela Shannon and Tim O'Brien who inspired our stories. And we should thank And check out the next Modern Story podcast. And lastly, go tell your mom, your nail lady, your little brother, your dog sitter, your plumber, your cousin's babysitter, your hairstylist, your junior year prom date, and your puppy about Modern Story.